really rejoice in a changed life. And um, what we're about to embark tonight is, is on a life journey of changing our lives. And this is going to require all of us as one family to work together. I can say that we all believe that we all want to get to heaven. Amen. And part of that process is our continuing our hearts and embracing repenting. And we're going to discuss repentance and what is repentance tonight. It is a very important principle in the Bible. It is a very important principle to your life. Your, your heart will change tonight, I pray, on how you look at repentance and how you see repentance. In the Greek word, it's called metanoia. It is, it is repentance. Before we begin our lesson, I do want to wish Jorge Schweitzer a happy birthday. I also want to wish Autumn Kelly a happy birthday. And later on down the line, Mara Selvi averted his birthday is on the 24th, I think. Somewhere around there. I saw it on, the, on some paper today. What is repentance? This, this word metanoia is powerful if you want it to be. Let's take a look at what repentance is not. If I can find my, my clicker, I will change the slide. If not, I will have Judith do it for me. Just kidding, Judith. What is it not? What, what is repentance? And before we start there, we want to find out what it's not. Okay? In Matthew chapter 27, verse 3, Judas betrays Jesus. And he has a situation where he's trying and he feels bad about what happened. In verse 3, when Judas, who had betrayed him, saw that Jesus was condemned, he was seized with remorse and returned the 30 pieces of silver to the chief priests and the elders. I have sinned, for I have betrayed innocent blood. What is that to us, they replied. That's your responsibility. So Judas threw the money in the temple and left. Then he went away and he hanged himself. This is not repentance. It almost looks like repentance because he felt bad about what he did. But it wasn't the repentance of a metanoia, which we'll discuss in a second. Repentance is not feeling remorseful and being filled with guilt that leads to death. This is not it. Judas had worldly sorrow, self-pity. What was me? I can't change. He saw his mistake, but he did not repent. We learn that sorrow in this passage does not equal repentance. This is not repentance, where you try to control the damage, where you try to minimize what really happened. You almost try to explain away your sinful nature. Or it's self-pity. Or we make excuses. These are indications that there is not going to be a metanoia in your life. If we try to make excuses, if we try to blame our history, 
our past, our old discipleship partner, the church, the culture, society. I have an unfair advantage. Or we just decide to selectively change. We pick and choose what we're going to repent of and not repent of. This is not it. You know, in Titus, there's a great passage about the mind of the flesh and how we can think. And to the pure, all things are pure, in verse 15. But to those who are corrupted and do not believe, nothing is pure. In fact, both their minds and consciences are corrupted. They claim to know God, but their actions, they deny him. Or by their actions, they deny him. They are detestable, disobedient, and unfit for doing anything good. You know, being religious is not repentance. Just coming to church, being a Christian, is not repentance. It's a life of metanoia. It's a life of, of changing the way you see the world. And we're going to take a look at some examples in this. A claim to be faithful and what exposes our true Christianity is our works of, of the ministry, is our works of faith. That's what really shows and shines, is how we live our life. Religious people just come and attend a church service. Those who are disciples that have metanoia do far greater things because they know what's, what they're in. They know the earth that we live in. They know that they don't live for this place. They're living for a different place. There's a whole transition of their minds. And it's a terrible mindset to live in complacency. To be dissatisfied by coming to church. To be stagnant. To guard your heart from everyone. To not let people in your hearts. So where does metanoia begin? What is repentance? First, repentance begins by admitting that we are wrong, we sin, we violate the spiritual principles that guide us to heaven. That's the first thing, is that we have to admit that we have sinned. Let me just share with you my sins. Just of these last several weeks. My sins... Easily angry with my wife, with my children. Unloving, harsh, not gently instructing when I see something needs to be corrected. Emotional, not spiritual. Prideful when challenged to be humble with Karen. Self-centeredness, wanting things done my way, my sins. I cannot change with metanoia if I do not, if we do not first admit we sin. We cannot even come close to having any kind of change in our mind, in our life, without admitting that we have sinned first. Now I, now I have a chance to change what I've done the last several weeks. What was supposed to be a great spiritual journey of enriching my life spiritually was covered and corrupted with my sinful nature. That's what the holidays brought in my life. So if I'm going to change my life, my heart, 
I have to first start there, is I have to admit that I've been sinning. Metanoia starts with admitting you're wrong. Then you can have a shift of mind, an exchange of minds, your earthly mind for the mind of Christ. Metanoia is not a concept of you're on your own. The church was designed by God to move as one toward the goal of heaven together. Predominantly, the word metanoia is used in the plural form, not in the singular form. In other words, when you hear the the words of repentance, it's, it's the church repents. Every disciple repents. Not, okay, Chris Kanak and Mike Blanda individually, they're going to be super awesome and they're going to worry about themselves and not anybody else. That is not repentance. It's a plural form of the church does it together. All of us together as one family, all repentance. You know, I was grateful I didn't get to stay in my own sinful nature. We were able to go down the street and Spent some time with Peter and Katie Revezzo, who, who brought the words of life to our hearts, to our minds. Then we sat down, at, you know, with Brian and Erica Gold and had just a little follow-up with, 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 our, with, our, with our fight, with my sinful nature. And I wouldn't be able to change my view if it wasn't plural, if I didn't, if I didn't invite them in. It's plural. It's not singular. We don't just repent individually. We do it together. Think about your family. How frustrating is it when only one person decides to change? You're like, <laughs> are we not? It's the same with the church. And I'll tell you, it's a bit frustrating when we see brothers and sisters not repenting. I know some of us are frustrated in this room. That's why we're studying repentance. So we don't want there to be one or two guys changing. We want the church to change together. All of us. Metanoia. We don't want to be unfit for doing anything good. We don't want to deny him by our actions. We don't want that life. So the Bible says this. Metanoia. It starts by admitting your sins. In Colossians 3. I'm reading this from the Message Bible. So if you're serious about living this new resurrection life with Christ, if you're serious, act like it. Pursue the things over which Christ presides. Don't just shuffle along, eyes to the ground, absorbed with the things right in front of you. Look up and be alert to what's going on around Christ. That's where the action is. See things from his perspective. In other words, we have to change our minds. You being at work 8 to 5 has altered the way you think spiritually. Radically. So every day, thus, there must be metanoia in your life. Every day, your worldview. It starts with us. But look who's watching. Look who's watching us. This is cool. The Bible says in Luke 15, this is the parable of the lost sheep, verse 7, I tell you that in the same way, there will be more rejoicing in heaven over one sinner who metanoia repents than over 99 righteous persons who do not need to repent. 
Who's rejoicing? Heaven is rejoicing. Luke 15, verse 10. In the same way, I tell you, there is rejoicing in the presence of the angels of God over one sinner who repents. Heaven is watching us. Heaven is paying attention. So let's take a look at an example in the Bible of someone who has the metanoia, repentance. We know, you ever heard of the rich young ruler? Remember this guy? He came, he's like, Lord, I, what do I do? must be saved. He goes, you got to do this, this, and this. He goes, I've done that since I was in children's ministry. Remember that? And Jesus says, well, one thing you lack. Sell everything you have, give to the poor, and come follow me. Come and follow and hang out with Jesus and be one of his. And he walked away. He walked away a good religious person, but without metanoia in his life. Okay? Then you come to a guy who was not like, he, didn't, he never went into children's ministry. This guy had no experience in the kids' ministry because his name was Zacchaeus. And he was a greedy little man. He was a greedy little man. You know, the tax collectors, they, not only, they all not only over, overcharged the, the Jewish citizens, they pocketed their money. And as Jesus walks by, Zacchaeus, the tax collector, this is the interaction, verse 8. But Zacchaeus stood up after Jesus says, I'm going to come to your house, Zacchaeus. That's all he says, I'm going to come to your house. That's all he said. He stood up and said to the Lord, look, here and now, I give half of my possessions to the poor. And if I've cheated anybody out of anything, I'll pay them back four times the amount. The law only required one quarter of the time. He says, I'll give them four. Jesus said to him, today, salvation has come to this house. Because the son of man, because this man is the son of Abraham. For the son of man came to seek and to save what was lost. Zacchaeus had a shift of how he views his life, his earth, his reality. It shifted. You notice he didn't go, man, I've been blowing it. Man, I'm just, I'm, Jesus, you can't come over to my house. Don't come over, man. I'm a wretch. He didn't say that. Here and now I change forward looking. That's metanoia. We've been taught in, 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 a, in a good way to sense, hey, we need to feel bad that we hurt God. But for many of us, we stay in that state. Like, we're just, we just cling, I'm a terrible Christian. And we stay there. And we think it's noble to stay in hugging, I need to really feel it. And we've been discipled, you really need to feel this, bro. For nine days, I got to feel it. We've been discipled that way. Now, it's coming from a good heart and a noble, a noble purpose, but that's not metanoia. Metanoia is shifting the way you were thinking when you were sinning. Gia has been selfish, self-centered, and prideful. Gia was loving and gentle and humble and gently instructs. Shift of mind. Now, I can stay here and try to really feel it for four or five days, but I'll tell you, it'll be miserable living with me. It'll be awful. That's not Repentance. And when you're there in this little, this little mourner's seat, are you really sharing your faith? Are you excited about Jesus? You've got to come to my church. My church is awesome. It's amazing. <laughs> you're crying. You're inviting no one. 
You're ashamed. You're lucky if you even come to church. It's a change of mind. He goes from, I need to make it happen on earth by whatever means necessary. I'm changing everything how I, how I view life. I don't live for the earthly treasures, but I live for the kingdom of God. That is Zacchaeus. Let's, let's look at another guy. Paul, his worldview shifted. Uh, you know, you know what, what Saul used to do before he was a disciple? He would arrest, hunt down, drag you out of your home, and put you in the jail. And on occasion, he'd have you stoned to death. And he had, had Stephen, the uh, deacon who waited on the sisters, killed. So let's take a look at his worldview. Look at how people saw Saul. In verse 19 of Acts 9, Saul spent several days with the disciples in Damascus. At once, he began to preach in the synagogues that Jesus is the Son of God. All those who heard him were astonished and asked, Isn't he the man who raised havoc in Jerusalem among those who call on this name? And hasn't he come here to take them as prisoners to the chief priests? Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Saul, as we call him Paul, had a cosmic shift of epic proportions. He was blind for three days. He got up, got some food, and said, you guy got to tell you about this new shift of mind I had. And people are going, isn't this the dude that tried to take this church out? Do you see Paul hanging out with, you know, with the brother's brother? <laughs> Stephen's dead. Stephen's dead. No. He shifted the way he looks at his reality. But some of you think, well, doesn't he really understand his sin and the gravity of his sin? We'll get to that in a second. First, I'm just trying to give you what repentance looks like. It's a shift of your mind. It's a shift of, hey, let me give you a good example. Hey, I have not been generous with my money. I'm generous with the Lord's money. Shifting our minds. Hey, you know, I haven't really been humble and really been open with my life. You know, I can't wait. I'm excited. Hey, bro, let's go get some lunch, man. Let's hang out at the cross. That's how it happens. It's not this, man, I haven't been open, man. Why is anybody asking me what's going on in my life, man? Why is no one asking me what's going on, man? Hey, bro, you're, really, you're harsh, man. You're harsh. What's going on? That's not metanoia. That's worldly sorrow. That's worldly. And we can do that by not answering a text message, not answering a phone call. We avoid. That is not metanoia. We're talking a shift of the way we think. A metanoia involves abandoning sin, yet it does not live in the world of regret and sorrow. Metanoia does not ignore the past, yet it still didn't take hold of him either. Saul, the example. His metanoia led to a change of mind from the past to the future. See, it's such a, it's such a radical shift that you abandon sin. Paul was never caught killing another brother. Paul would never struggle with arresting another Christian. He, he left it. It was dead it was gone it was behind he was saving people that was the shift he wasn't trying to reflect and trying to really understand and no he just shifted everything and it changed and as he writes to us 
He writes in Philippians 3, he writes this. Brothers and sisters, I do not consider myself yet to have attained taking hold of it. But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead. I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. All of us then who are mature should take such a view of things. You know, metanoia is a straining ahead of looking toward the new future. It is not being stuck with your past. It is not living in the world of regrets and sorrow. That leads to death. It is a shift completely, radically. Zacchaeus and Saul and many others in the Bible changed forever. Metanoia, a straining toward the future, but it doesn't ignore the past. Its result is the rejection of sinfulness because it's fierce pursuit of a righteous future. You reject sin. You just don't want anything to do with it because you're going here. Are you getting entangled? I reject you again. We're going here. We don't get stuck here. And too many of us, we've been stuck right here. And some of us got comfortable being stuck. And we like being stuck, and it's sinful, and it's wrong, church. Amen. And you know who you are, and you just like being there because it's comfortable. And you think you're going to make it, but I'm here as a prophet to tell you, you will not make it. You will not. The scriptures do not deceive us. Just like Titus 1, you will have the appearance of religiosity, but you'll never make it. You'll deny its power, 2 Timothy 3. You won't have it. It's a total shift. It's the metanoia is, and let me get another classic example. Our feelings get hurt. Metanoia is like, I can't wait to get together because we're going to change our relationship. It's not going to be this way. What's not metanoia is, I don't want to deal with that brother right now. I can't deal with the situation. I can't take, I've had enough. We say that a lot, don't we? I'm done. I'm done. I'm done. And you will be done if you keep saying that to yourself. You'll be done spiritually. You will be. You'll, you'll, you'll fulfill that prophecy of I'm done. You will be done. Because that's the worldliness of, hey, I don't want to deal with the issue. I, I'm comfortable in this complacency of being upset and coming to church. I've done it. I know. It's not never good. Metanoia is a step of maturity. It takes maturity. If you want to grow and be mature as a Christian, this is it. This is it. Metanoia. It's the radical repentance of straining toward the future. It's a shift of minds. A change of mind that leaves our sin behind us to walk in the light of a future that brings God glory. That's it. It's pretty simple. The Bible's full of examples of men who are worldly. Let me give you an example. Saul and David. Saul would feel so guilty that he chased David around Judea, he even cried. So David took, his, 
threw a spear by his, bell, by, his, by his bedside, took his jar of water. Saul woke up going, David spared my life again in the cave. You know, he's in there relieving himself. And then, you know, David doesn't even touch him. And he cuts a little piece of his robe up and he shows. And Saul starts to cross us. You're more righteous than me. And he doesn't even change. He still tries to kill him. But he has his moments of regret. We cannot stay there, church. We cannot live in that world. That is not our world. That is a very demonic, Satan-driven world of self-pity. And we cannot live there. So what can we do? What do we do now? Well, number one, we change together. Together, church, we change. Not individually, but together. We do this together as one family. It's the church and that means, are you ready? Shift of mind. The second thing is that we now need to confess our sins. Yeah. We have to get the sins out, admit we've sinned, because that's going to be the radical shift from the old to the future. We're not going to live in our sin. We're not going to sulk in our sin. We're not going to confess our sins for eight days and just try to feel it. We want our change to be so radical where we are so abandoning this life. We are never looking. We're just going. That's where we're going. I grew up in a church that loved to say, you need to spend some time here. So as a Christian, I kind of liked feeling bad about my sins. And if I track my, my spiritual record of almost eight, 17, 18 years... You can see where I've, I've been slow to change. It's a shift of mind. It starts by confessing our sins. Okay? That's where it starts. Secondly, I want you to ask a close friend what they see. A trusted friend. Wounds from a friend can be trusted. But an enemy multiplies kisses. You know, I appreciate my time with Peter and Katie. It was, it, was some, it was nice. It was some wounds. I felt good. Then, you know, Brian and Erica, they got a little more wounds there. It was awesome. Erica, it was awesome. Where's Erica? We, I, I so much appreciate it. I so much appreciate it. I so much, I trust their, what they see. I see it in myself. And it's going to change. It's metanoia. So here's what we're going to do right now. Where, even where you're sitting, God put you in the spot like Acts 17, he arranged it tonight. Okay? I want, if your kids are around, great. You know, you may want to, you know. But I want you to get together in a little group, just around your little area. Where we are, hang out together. I don't care if you're young or old. You know, I got, one sister told me, I like when I get to hang around the younger sisters. So this is your moment. Get around and stay where you are, but have a good discussion. If, if, it's, if it's not wise to confess sin here with our children present, then set up the time to confess our sins. If you want metanoia, you got to start there. You got to start with where you're at and where we can go. Because we want to repent as a church. It starts with all of us. And when we repent, the church repents. And the church said? Amen. Amen. Let's bow our heads in prayer. God in heaven. At times, we, we feel unworthy even to lift our heads, but that is not right. 
In many ways, God, we were instructed and taught to sulk and live in sorrow and live in the pain of the agony of our shortcomings and failings. And God, but your word brings life. Your word brings a different view of our reality, of what we can be, what we should be, what we ought to be, God, so we don't ever fall into the trap of spiritual death by being worldly in our repentance. Thank you for the biblical study. As we go the next several weeks, we're going to take an in-depth look at different areas of our repentance in the Bible. From your words that instill in us hope and a dream that we all want is to sit before your throne with our children, with our friends, and worship the Almighty God. We want to see you in person. We want to see your face. We want to feel your hug. We want to embrace you, God, for saving our lives. Thank you for the Bible, and thank you for the men, for the families who've gone before us, who've given us a great example of what it looks like to repent. Thank you for Zacchaeus. Thank you for Paul. Thank you for all the disciples. Thank you for their life, that we can live a life of metanoia. It's in your name we pray, God. We lift up the church as one God. We make a faithful pledge to you that we change together. In your sons, let me pray. Amen. Let's have some great time talking, guys.